Like in front of an audience, like other than like When it's two o'clock on a Tuesday and you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about God and stuff on Some Call Me Tim. All right, this is Some Call Me Tim. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I am joined on the phone by Ryan Cordell of, is it Portland? Uh, Everett, actually, Washington. Everett, Washington. Ryan Cordell. Uh, super excited to have you on the show today. And, well, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, yeah! Uh, all the way up from the hinterlands in the northern regions. Uh, and you have, a, you have a super interesting story about your past with higher powers and the whatnot. Usually on Some Call Me Tim, the first thing I have you do is look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. And, and I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? But since you can't see him, uh, I'm just going to describe to you. He is um, a super white Jesus who looks kind of like he just shook his hair when he got out of the waves, you know, like, like a sort almost like a highlights sort of brown haired surfer Jesus. He's wearing a big sparkly robe. Um, and his, and his penetrating green eyes look deep into your soul. And I say, do you, do you believe in Jesus? Uh, yeah, I met the man. Oh, <gasps> Really? Yeah. Like, like, in like phys- in corporeal form. Well, here's my story. I was born November third, nineteen eighty-seven. I weighed two pounds eleven ounces. Doctors took one look at me and told my mom he ain't gonna make it through the night. Then it was the day. Then it was the month. And then he was supposed to see two. We have it on video. I'm adorable. You were so, two you know, pounds, two ounces? Two pounds, 11 ounces. Two pounds, 11 ounces. So, like, how premature were you? Like, eight? I was due Christmas. I came out the 3rd of November. Oh, wow. So, it, that was almost two months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Seven-month baby. You had lungs and stuff, though, yeah? Or they have you on a respirator? Oh, they had me on everything. They hooked me up to everything. I was on an, um, an electric lung. Oh, wow. The big tubey thing. Until you grew your own lungs. Apparently. Wow. So, tiny baby kept living. You've been living for a month. Doctors keep saying, baby should be dead. Baby's not dead. Yeah. And keep going. Well, I had a pretty rough life. You know, abusive stepdad after abusive stepdad. Wait, 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 wait. We just ended it. We just ended up. Uh, you're, you're a month old and you barely were alive and now you're alive. What was, yeah. so, so you didn't have, um, a biological father in the mix? <laughs> uh, you'll find him before I do. Oh, okay. So what was your mom's situation like? She was like kind of in unsafe situations. Did she not get along with her? Did, what was her religious background? Was she like, um, she believe in Jesus? I believe so. Okay. I come from a big Christian Catholic family, so. Okay. Um, and so, biological father, not in the picture, and now uh, you have lots of sort of like, did they actually get married? Were they stepfathers or were they like live-in um, boyfriends? The first one did. My mom married my oh. younger sibling's dad okay. when I was two. Oh, wow. So you made it to two years old. Did you have lots of yeah. problems in those first two years? Were there lots of doctor's visits? Do you have memories Apparently. of like... 
No, I don't. But from what I was told, it, there was a lot of issues. Right. Um, and then your brother was born when you were two. And no, oh, no. I didn't get a sibling till I was around four. Oh, okay. But the the father of your sibling married your mother when you were two. Yeah. All right, and then when you, and then later, and then that did, but that didn't work out so well for you. Not really. He liked to get drunk at work, come home, and take all of his aggressions out on me. Oh, drunk at work? Did he work in a bar? No, he worked at a country club. Oh, well, catering. same thing. It's That's a bar. Yeah. Country club's just a bar for rich people. So, yeah, basically. And then, and then would, yeah, and be drunk at work, and then come home, and drunk people do dumb shit. They just don't mm-hmm. even, and then, then, and then the next day they don't remember it. So then they look at you like you're crazy when you're like, you did that. And they're like, no, I didn't. And you're like, you don't remember it, but you were a terrible person. And they're like, don't call me a terrible person. And you're like, well, stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, quit trying to smother your pillows, dick. So, so that you, you, you felt like you had a pretty abusive upbringing. Yeah. Um, and when, when did Jesus fit into all this? When, um, I was 14. I had a few seizures, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Whoa. So I was in the seventh grade, and I was at an after-school thing to help kids do better in school, and you hung out, and apparently it kept you off the streets or some shit. I don't know. Right. But, um, yeah. And I was hanging out with some friends, and all of a sudden I just collapsed running, and I couldn't feel my legs. Whoa. So they took me to the hospital, extrad me from the neck down. And then a couple of days later, it happened at school as I was walking to class and just gave out. Wow. Yeah. And then once I got to the eighth grade, things got real interesting. I had Wait, a so did you, did you find out why? Was it a neurological thing that was like your brain, it was like epilepsy or something where your brain just shut off your lower body? It was just like... No, they didn't figure out until it was in the eighth grade. Oh, okay. So you your body randomly... Twice that year in seventh grade, just just disappears on you. Just you're mm-hmm. standing, you're yeah. done. And then in eighth yeah. grade, there were other tests, or what happened? Uh, no, I just had a constant migraine. But oh. one day in health class, where we were studying the brain, this guy on the video was like, "If you have a headache or a migraine in part of your head, there's probably something in there." <gasps> so next doctor's visit, like, dude, I got a brain tumor. Oh. He goes, "Shut up, you're stupid. You're just some punk kid that doesn't want to go to school." And I'm like, dude. I got nothing but A's. If they made a grade higher than that, I'd get that. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Did you have a brain every tumor? Every doctor's visit. Brain tumor, brain tumor, brain tumor. Oh, yeah. I had one. You had a brain tumor. <gasps> you Six diagnosed yourself and they didn't believe you. No, I got called a faker and a liar for Why my whole family. Why wouldn't they just check if you had, but migraines are real. Were they treating you yeah. for migraines? Were they treating the symptoms? Were they giving you like phenobarbital or um No, nothing. Mitrex? I was getting quarter-on shots in my butt. Oh, oh, Because my mom has really bad anxiety, so apparently me going to a new school, I must have anxiety, but I'm really adaptable into my situations. Sure. So I can... I fit in wherever I go. I'm the weird kid, and people love me for it. And and you, but you had symptoms for like a year, and nobody believed you. Yeah, six months down the line, they go, okay, let's give this kid an MRI. And two scans in, I hear, oh, fuck. Oh, and I was my like, God. Hey, you found it, didn't you? <laughs> oh, my God, and you knew the whole time. Oh, yeah. I'm still getting apologies 16 years later. 
Wow. Well, I, I should hope so. Well, that that's a that's a statement to doctors listening to their patients. You know, like if somebody, yeah, if someone says they feel something, then that their feelings are real. It's not you can't discount them. Okay, so now they figured out you have a brain tumor. So they operate on you and take it out. Oh yeah. Um, I went in November first, two thousand one. Whoa. And to get all set up for my whatever, and then. You know, they let me go home for my birthday, so I got to turn 15 at home. Wow. And I had my surgery at 8 a.m. on November 5th. Oh, wow. 2001. Did you think you were going to die? Oh, that was my biggest issue is I'm, you know, I slandered God so much. I was like, why do you hate me? I'm 15. <laughs> I was so close to becoming a sponsored skateboarder. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah, but I had to go in for my MRI that that day. So oh. I, I missed my meeting, and I found out I had a brain tumor. So instead of getting a million-dollar payout, I had brain cancer. That's crazy. Um, so you thought you were going to die in the surgery. Now, do you believe in an afterlife? Do you think there's anything? Oh, I did die in my, during my surgery. I flatlined seven times. I was announced dead. Wow. They marked it down seven times. I had seven death certificates within an hour. Wow. So is there anything beyond? Do you remember anything from your... Oh, I remember it all. Here's where it gets interesting is the last time, you know, I went and I died. I saw the light. And this wow. is the first time I ever wanted to do anything selfish in my life and I was like I'm done so I walked towards it and I get there and the whole thing about the golden gates and your family waiting for you is crap yeah what's there nothing it's nothing. just this blank landscape of clouds and bright light wow. and me being a 15 year old skater punk kid I'm like hello hello hey 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 what the big white orb comes down and goes poof big guy and I'm like holy crap God he goes no I'm Jesus oh and I'm like, whoa, what's up, dude? Again, punk skater kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, Jesus? How you doing? <laughs> and so you're up there in the clouds with Jesus. And then what he says to you, hey, man, I'm sending you back. You don't want to. Well, I wish it was that simple, but no, uh, he, I don't remember what we talked about, but <sighs> it was a good 10, 15 minute conversation. Just yada, 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 yada. Wow. And then I was like, so what's next? And he looks down and he parts the floor ah and next thing i know i'm in the hospital and like you know like i'm looking at the wall right now i see wow. my mom and sister and my grandma wow in the waiting room and you know they're just waiting for me to come out or whatever yeah and he walks through the wall and he takes me with him I'm like this is so fucking cool I'm oh wow so you're so it was almost like an out-of-body experience and that your body was still there yeah. But you're chilling with him on the, wow. I watched them zip up my body bag with me in it, and I'm just like, oh, dude, what? Wow. I looked at him, and I was like, so this is it? I'm 15, this is how it ends? And he looks at me, and he goes, it is not yet your time, my son. He gave me a hug, and he points at the um, the little screen where your heart monitor goes, doop, 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 and I watch that thing light up. I'm not connected to anything. I'm dead. Wow. And then, like, I see my body start to twitch in the bag, so they unzip me and they throw me out of it, and I don't remember anything. I was in a coma for 13 days, and then I Whoa, woke up. you were in a coma for 13 days after? Dang. Yeah, they put you in a chemically-induced coma, so you don't yank anything out of your head. Right, because of the swelling or whatever that happens when you get brain surgery. 
Yep. Wow. And so you actually, but you didn't have like a super religious, everyone else was Christian, but were you before this time when you were 15? I went to youth group regularly just to get out of the house. Would you say that you'd accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you were buddies and it was like, oh, yeah. like that whole, I've, so I you was were, like, I wasn't a Bible thumper, but I, you know, I believed. But you were born again. You would consider yourself at that time a born again Christian. Yeah. Yes. And and then when Jesus, he came back to you and he saved you and he brought you back and he's like, nope, stick around. Has he come mm-hmm. back since then in any kind of um, either dream form or like vision form? Is that something that you still hold fast? I mean, you said it's like this was in 2001. So we're talking like this is about well, half your life. Surgery, ago. When I was like getting really, really bad, my mom had this boyfriend that tried to kill me. Oh, my God. Like, he, he beat the hell out of me one day in front of them all. Oh my God! My mom, my two younger siblings, and she didn't do anything about it. So I walked into his gun case and pulled out a three fifty seven Magnum, put it to my temple, oh. and pulled the trigger six times, and nothing happened. Was it not loaded? No, it was. I made sure I loaded it myself. Whoa! But I mean, come on, click, 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 click. Wow! And I was like, wow, okay. So I went out back, out, out to my backyard put it to my head again, thinking, okay, maybe it's just because I'm inside. You know, he doesn't want people to find gooey. Oh, wow. Wow. Ball. Because you were trying so to be conscientious for this, your family. I put it to my head again and click. I pointed it away. Bang. Worked <gasps> perfect. Wow. Put it to my head again. Click. Pointed it away. Bang. I'm like, what the hell? So do you believe in angels or do you think it's actually Jesus with his hand and presence in your life? I'm pretty sure he was blocking the barrel from. Sure. Yeah, but you don't. But you're not like you don't think like angels. You're like Jesus. It might have been my guardian angel. I know okay. that's constantly slapping his head, going, "God, why?" Yeah, but it's. I mean, this is. But still, you're. This was 18 years ago, so I'm doing the math. So you're 32. I will be 32. You'll be 32. Yeah. So next year will be your Jesus year. That's when uh, Jesus did all his ministry in his 33rd year. Um, Oh, wow. He disappeared for a long time, right? Like he turns over the money changing tables when he's like 12, 13. And then he disappears sort of off the face of the Bible. And then he comes back in his 33rd year. And that's when he did all of his ministry where he did the Sermon on the Mount and he did the loaves and the fishies and he did all the healings and the weddings and all that kind of stuff. So hmm. the 33rd year is like a real like important sort of seminal year in a man's life, I guess. But Jesus, it's interesting that you think it's... So, here's my question. Does Jesus have this specifically intimate relationship with you, or do you think he can reach out and do the same thing with other people? I think it's... it's he's just... I don't... It's possibly both. Possibly both. Because he's... Because, because was, he's omniscient, or he's... Because God is all-seeing, but if God is mm-hmm. manifesting through Jesus, God can manifest in as many Jesuses as he wants, so... Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So you you first it was so first you tried to kill yourself. Jesus blocked the barrel of the gun. Second, you mm-hmm. had brain surgery. Jesus was like, "No, it's not your time." No. When are there any other times with Jesus that he's come down and intervened? Uh, he must have because after trying to once the bullets didn't work, I was like, "Okay, well then I'll just get a bunch of drugs and OD." Oh. And that didn't work. So. <laughs> what kind of drugs did you try? I was on coke, crack, heroin, and meth. Whoa! How and did you have access to those as a as a as a young adult? 
<laughs> my older sister uh, is an ex junkie and she's uh, taking me on ride alongs to get stuff and deal with her so uh, when I was little. So I, I just remembered you. all these aunts and uncles that I had growing up that were like extremely You keep it in the family. There was a lot there was a lot of drug abuse around you. Yeah. But up. like these people were just like my sister's like, Oh, we're gonna go visit Uncle Uncle so and so or something and my uncle Omar is like this big Mexican kingpin guy. Cool. So lots of drugs in your life growing up, but also skateboarding. That's good. That's like positive. Yeah. That's a lot of <laughs> discipline and a lot of repetition, a lot of time at the skate park. I mean, did you did you have a close group of friends or did you would you say that did you try to create friendships maybe in like in the youth group, was there any any other like oh, yeah, I Christian connection? I still oh, have okay. my best friend from like the third grade. Oh, that's amazing! So you grew up in Everett. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've lived there your whole life. No, I moved around quite a bit. Oh, okay, I went to six different schools. <laughs> oh, okay, in Washington. Have you ever lived outside yeah. of Washington State? Um, no. No, wow. Uh, would you ever consider it? I'm trying. You're trying. Do you, do you still do you still pray to Jesus? Oh yeah, you I have do. a daughter. Oh, you have a daughter. <laughs> wow. So, do you pray with your daughter as a like an example, or do you? I try to, but she's like she's almost two. She'll be two in September. Oh, that's so exciting. She's my miracle baby because yeah. chemo and radiation rendered me sterile for 15 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, everybody I came across, I was constantly like, okay, well, I can't have kids, so, you know, I'm my own condom. Right. And then it, it, it that's kind of, that's another miracle. That's crazy. Yeah. So. And one day at Walmart, I'm walking through a line looking for this girl I dated and I've known since kindergarten, I dated in grade school. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll find her. Maybe she still likes me. She's my cashier. Oh, and I'm looking at her so name funny. page going, God, that looks familiar. I'm looking for her on Facebook as I'm walking in her line. That's so funny. And I'm like, God, that looks familiar. And her boss walks up, Sheridan. An like, unusual name. Yeah. And she goes, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I fucking fangirl. But I was like, oh my God, I'm Ryan. Great school. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. Do you, do, you do you think that God played a part in that, in having you two meet again? I wouldn't doubt it because I was about to go into the other line. And I realized that you know line three is open and shorter. And so she's the so she's line three. So she's the mother of yeah. your child. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Everything uh, three is my lucky number because three months into our relationship, she comes takes me on this elusive mandate dinner movie, and I'm she's asking me how I feel about being a parent, how I feel about being a dad, and you know for the past fifteen years of being a comedian. I've been joking about, I have this bit where, you know, if I have kids, I'm afraid they do stuff to get in trouble, so they get spankings, you know? <laughs> Did you, oh, I knocked my glass over spanking time, you know, <laughs> shit like that. And so I'm cracking off every abortion joke I know. Yeah. And I can see she's getting irritated, and Uh-oh. I can't, not clicking. <laughs> she's trying to tell you some dip shit, you know? So we go back to where she, the Walmart that she works at, because pissing down her and she needs to buy new shoes and this little baby goes so I was like oh it's so cute she goes guess what dick you're gonna be a dad and hands me an ultrasound oh wow I've never cried that hard in my life wow and so I held my daughter for the first time oh that's so sweet 
And you just, but you thought that you were shooting blanks. So it was like, eh, mm-hmm. we don't need to do, we don't need to use any protection. Everything's fine because yeah. I've been irradiated or whatever. And, uh, chemo and radiation. Right. The, the so it ruined my, like, chemo ruined my testicles. Uh, and so you were un, un, working under the auspices of, of shooting blanks. And uh, when mm-hmm. you, right when you turn 32, that's interesting because that's like a, that's a real, Change, time change of like. Well, I know I always wanted to, to have kids. Oh, cool! Before I was thirty, but come on, twenty nine and a quarter. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Or and a half. That's kind of killing it. Yeah, no, that's great because you're like just young enough. You can be a great dad. You can be totally involved, and you're not such a kid anymore that you wouldn't be like, I'm gonna lament yeah. my awesome life. But you're like, mm-hmm. I've I've lived. I've had a super fun time. Maybe I don't need to get drunk on a Tuesday for no reason. Maybe I can, you know play shoots and ladders with my daughter instead um, mm-hmm. turn it exactly. into a drinking game the two of us she could have a sip of her bottle i'll have <laughs> a sip of my bottle juice, I get crown royal apple exactly right. everyone gets a bottle it's just a different shape um so do you are you going to raise your child religiously or are you going to to raise her like her decide what she wants to do oh wow because um since my experience i don't believe in organized religion but oh. i am very spiritual well clearly I mean, yeah, I'm Greek and Native American, so you know we have gods for everything. Wow, Greek and Native American. Yeah, that's oh, a really. This is Sparta. Yeah. <laughs> I love Greece. I think that um, Greek people are. I went to Greece last year, and I thought they were incredibly humble, amazing people, hard workers, really, really great food, and um, and and it's crazy because the Greeks started everything, like and. The Italians take all the credit for it, and it's so funny because the Greeks are so, they're just like humble people. It's like we wouldn't exist without y'all. And um, yeah, tell that to my biological father. Oh, was he the Greek? Yeah. Yeah, and he just kind of disappeared. Ah, uh, it's always you know, it's always weird to think about like family structure and especially around religion where we have a father like father like God the Father and the Son mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit and it's very like masculine and then. Why in our society do men think it's okay to abandon their family? You know, like, like put yourself in the situation where, let's say, the your your buddy who you have the baby with, Sheridan. Let's say she said to you, "You're going to be a father, dickhead," and you said, "And eh, nah, I'm not. Fuck it. No." That's what she thought I was going to say. Go she was fuck your face. To tell me because you know I can't have kids. Right. Right. But no, I cried. Oh well, no, because you were because you were happy, because it's because it's a fucking miracle, and because you you knew that you do that you did and wanted to pass your genetic material on and and try to mm-hmm. be a good dad and stuff. But what? Why do you think that there's so many, or there's such a pervasive cultural, like it's it's a norm, a pervasive cultural norm for men to just say, eh. Not my, not my business or like, you know, take care of it. If you, you know, get an abortion if you want, but I'm not going to take care of it. Like, where did we, how is this pervasive? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm just trying to try to get back to morality. And like, you say you're not a religious person yet. You have a strong sense of morality in that, you know, you want to, take care of your child and be the best dad you can be. That's awesome. And a lot of people don't make that choice is like my point. And so I'm just wondering like if, if you have any input into the systemic issues of why people choose not to be fathers. 
I don't know, because I don't think like that. That's the weird thing. Hmm. Right, because it's, but but it happened to you, so yeah. I mean that. And my brothers, I have three half brothers from him up around the same time that I was conceived. Oh wow! And I found my out my oldest one, Christo. Yeah, go figure. Big Greek name, right? Right, Christ. <laughs> and he doesn't know him either. Wow! I was like, yes, I finally found somebody who will know. Her. Like, give me a picture, see where this asshole is, and this sure. fucker doesn't know him either. Wow. So you, like, have no no pictures, nothing. No. And wow. Chris has only met him once, too, so I'm just like, great. I'm the bastard of a bastard. Wow. Hooray. That is like, I mean, but your mom's always been pretty cool. Like, you never felt unwanted, did you? Or you... Have you always felt? I mean, obviously, I'm one out of five because there was two before me from oh, one guy, and then you know she was a. Wow. Yeah. I have two older and two younger. Wow. Wow. And and what do they think about your um, your your visions and your um, being saved by by Jesus a couple times? Well, like, my older sister didn't leave my side from the day I was born. Oh. Like, the moment I popped out, she was right along the doctor's yelling at him, like, um, he doesn't look right, um, he doesn't look right. Why is he on a big cookie sheet? He's cold, he's cold. Wow. Wow, so she's like a, kind of an angel figure, too. How much older is your sister than you? Um, 16 years, and my older brother's 15 years older than me. Wow, so, like, your mom had a built-in babysitter. (gasps) That's almost like having, that's almost like having another mom there. Wow. So there was well, such apparently an age whenever range. I got hurt, I ran to my older sister instead of my mom, so. Wow. Well, also, if you said that there was a history of drug use, that yeah. where you feel is the safest, it might change depending, you know. My sister was the junkie. That's my oh, problem. Sister, but right. I was always with her. Yeah. It's like family relationships are so difficult. Like, I come from the opposite thing. I had, like, the perfect upbringing, and now I don't talk to anybody in my family <laughs> where it's at. Whereas it seems like you had a very tumultuous upbringing, and yet you're really close to your family, and that family is very important to you. So, yeah, Alkies, junkies, and head cases. That's my family. And then now my girlfriend's like, oh, mine too. I'm thinking, can I get you a fucking break? Right. Well, that's the thing is you get the break. You get to have your daughter and you get to have her be however yeah. you want. Well, or as you say, let her be whoever she wants. But aren't we all a product of what, what we, you know, we're a product of our experiences and our experiences come from what's around us. And mm-hmm. parents have the ability to shape experience. And so it can be good or it can be bad, but it's still either way it's experience. And that's how we create who we are. Yeah. And I don't care what she does or who she wants to be with as long as she's just a good person. Yeah. Well, what do you think constitutes being a good person? Wow, now I have to think. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Some call me too. I'm missing a quarter of my brain, lady. Come on. Oh, so did they took out a lot of brain? They took out brain with, when they took out your tumor, they had to take out brain matter too? Yeah, it was damaged. It was no good. So like, wow. I thought puberty was going to suck. You know, your voice is going to change. You're going to get hair in funny places. You're going to get new urges and a brain tumor apparently. Wow. And they yeah, just so removed. Like, where was it? Was it in like the frontal, like... Yeah, my right frontal lobe. So, like, where everything you need to become a man is. Oh, wow. So, I look like I'm fucking 12. Oh, really? Is, is yeah, that the I'm same place 31 that... 31 trapped and look like a damn 12-year-old. I'm 5'7". That's, that's, that's not that small. 
my ex-husband was five eight. Five seven's not nothing to. It's, I wouldn't be. I went into my old middle school creepy. to visit my teachers, and teacher goes, "Why aren't you in class?" Oh, that's funny. I was like, because I went here like fucking fifteen some odd years ago. So did you not go through puberty at like to to later, or how did that work? They took out the part of your brain that I did. And, but like, I think once, cause my tumor was the size of a large grapefruit. Whoa. No yeah, wonder so you had migraine headaches. Puberty, my hormones were like, um, Hey, let's make this thing bigger too. Wow. So like it did, it just happened at a slower rate. Wow. I, okay. Gotcha. And, and so how was that? We'll get to this. How, did, how does that informed your, your comedy? You said you've been doing comedy for 15 years. Yeah, I started in an 05 when I was in high school. My buddy's band was opening, or was doing prom, and they needed an opener. Oh, that's great. And so you did and you funny. did comedy at your own prom? Yeah. That's great. Well, it wasn't my prom. It was oh, my it was, girlfriend at the time's prom. She was a senior, and I was just a junior. Right on. That would be even cooler. And so you opened for the band by doing stand-up. Do you remember any of your first jokes? Were they about brain tumors? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me some of your, like, your first jokes. It's so much fun, you know, when you have when you have brain cancer at such a young age. Because when you leave hospitals, you get a lot of little door prizes too. You know, I got three metal plates. <laughs> I go to an airport and I get molested. At least they're gentle. <laughs> three metal. Oh yeah, plates. TSA agents love me. I, I, I had a four foot tall mohawk once, <laughs> and I walked through their little metal detector, and I was like, I don't. They didn't give me a card because apparently the titanium plates in my head aren't supposed to be magnetic. Oh. Yet the new, you know, since terrorism is such a hot topic right now. Right. And airports, those little things that you step in, they go, they go around you to check you. Right, right, right. You put your hands above your head like you're already detained by the police. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that thing lights my head up like no tomorrow. Wow. So the guy's like, what's in your hair? It keeps setting off my stuff. And I was like, a lot of product? Yeah, a lot of I product. Like, I was like, look at the size of this fucking dent in my head. I'm not hiding anything. I got three metal plates. Right. And yeah, what are you hiding? Loose in it. Well, you got to take that metal plate off and fill it with drugs, man. You want to check my metal? Right. You want to check my trap door in my head? It's filled with cocaine, <laughs> you buddy. Push really hard down. Yeah. Oh no, I love going to new barber shops and like they'll be massaging my head and then they'll come across and go, oh my god, uh, what did I do? Wow. So I had to write an apology letter to one because of, I ran outside going, ah, <laughs> ah what you don't do? go in there. Look what they do. <laughs> Look what they did to me. She so, was in fucking tears. I felt so bad. Uh, you, also, you said you used to, used to skateboard. And that makes sense because if you were little, you can yeah. um, flip through the air more easily. And when you fall on the ground, there isn't as much weight crashing down oh, upon yeah. you. Well, now, now I spark when I hit the ground. <laughs> Nice. Do you still skate? Um, no, my balance is so shitty. I can barely walk. Oh, wow. Because they took out a yeah. big part of your brain. Yeah, go figure. The right side of your brain controls the left side of your body, and the right side controls your, your left side controls your right side. <laughs> um, so what do you do? What do you do all day? Are you do you have a do you have a day job that you? Yeah, I work at a restaurant um over by the Everett Mall. Okay. Called Jimmy Peppers. Right on. Are you? Do you cook or what do you use, server? I do everything. Do I wash dishes mostly, but I prep. Gotcha. I serve. I crack jokes. Nice. I also do a lot of dishes. I work on. 
I work a line. I'm a line cook at a at a, at a, a dive bar, and uh, we pretty much do it all too. Point of sales, cooking, dishes, the whole thing. It's a lot of it's a lot of um, higher order thinking. A lot of like multitasking and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's fun. I like it. Right on. And you still I get to you, play with a big squirt bottle every day. <laughs> so you live you live with your girlfriend and your and your daughter, and that's going well. Are you? I mean, do yeah. you do you believe in the typical Christian concept of marriage? Is that something that you're? Oh yeah. Oh really? Cool. We're gonna have a Celtic wedding. It's gonna be great. Oh wow! Really neat. Um, cool. So you're you subscribe to you kind of like pick and choose from multiple. Um, symbologies i guess i'll say so like Mm -hmm. because the celtic is it's sort of i don't know druic or it's like very old religion or religion like even past catholicism kind of stuff so or maybe not celtic wedding but like a medieval setting Ooh, very cool yeah i was like as long as i get to chop a pig up with a sword i'm fine a sword you ever done any of that larping stuff i did once how was it? Well, I got both my legs chopped off, and then I slaughtered everybody because I was a midget. <laughs> you just, and you just walked. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I just crawled around and started chopping people. Because you just, once you, like, you can only, yeah, you can crawl around. It still works. I watched yeah. that silly movie, Father um, Role Models, and I was like, oh, it, this, yeah. so it is a real thing. I didn't even. It is. Like, but what sucks is, like, I was in Spokane which is eastern Washington. And that gets really hot, and there's guys out there in full leather armor, oh. and it's like 150-some-odd degrees out, and these guys are just running around like it's nothing, and I'm hardly wearing anything, just going, God, how are you guys not fucking dying? We're used to it. This is fun. It ain't hot out, sissy. Well, and uh, it would, I hope they're using, especially if they're wearing full leathers and stuff, I hope they're using real swords. <laughs> I don't know what kind of if they can. Oh use yeah, this one it was all like legit. I mean, weapons. Yeah, and yeah you don't want to like cut anybody's leg off, but if you have some leather on, you should be relatively safe. These guys are like going at each other, and like people are just like really hitting each other like hard, and I'm just like, oh god, yeah, I'm like, I didn't feel a damn thing. I'm like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you are you super deep dork? Like, do you play Magic the Gathering too? No, I used to used like to. in middle school. Yeah, I, I, I've always. I play a little. I've dabbled in a little magic. I just it seems that a lot of people in the hinterlands, in Washington and stuff, happen to play Wizards of the Coast just because. I guess it gets cold up there. Would you say that global warming is only affecting Everett, Washington, positively? Uh, no. Tweakers no? are affecting us negatively. Oh, so you have a that's lot of tweakers in me. your town. Yeah, that's why it's called Tweakerville, and I'm in the heart of it. Why? Why do you think there's such an epidemic of meth in your town? I'm, I'm I think interested. It's easier to get now. It's easier to get because it's easier like to make. The whole new, the whole new, um, the tweaker center is what we call them, but the safe shoot up places where oh. you can bring your heroin, they'll shoot them up for you. SIS is safe injection sites. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's a waste of fucking tax money, you right there. Think so? The thing is that. It, the theory behind it is if you give drug addicts a safe place to shoot up, then they won't die. Because if they are scared of the police and they want it, they have to shoot up alone outside and they're worried about people knowing, they could maybe not, they could overdose. And maybe... And if, that's a bad thing? 
Well, I guess, and that's and that's an excellent moral question: is that when does an addict become worthless, or do they make themselves worthless, or like? And then you look at the stories that went into it, like people that started on OxyContin because of some injury from work and then it wasn't strong enough and then they abused it and they took more and now they're doing meth and crack and coke or whatever else because it's just not affordable. But when, you know, when was it, I don't know, I still think that they're people. Do we not, do we not care about, so that's when I think about religion and morality is like, yeah. What makes a person care worth a person? Care for a fellow man and all that. Right. Well, like, and when There's is a fellow... a line, I think, because, um... I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's an addiction. It's a fucked up choice. You know, you don't just walk out one day and catch crackhead. Okay, that's true, too. That's true. You make an excellent point. So then it becomes when in the cycle or of addiction or when is it like, is it like they're okay until they're a shithead to everybody and they're stealing from everybody and they're doing bad things to other people? You know, like... Like does ah, it's such a it's such like a difficult moralistic question because what mm-hmm. if what if there's a person who's just doing recreational heroin and they're not they're not stealing from anybody and they have like a job but it's a shitty job and then they spend their money on heroin and they do it but they still do their job and their life kind of sucks but that's what they're doing like I guess if they overdosed would any I mean would anybody care? I mean, if I worked with that person at work and they overdosed, I would care. I'd be really bummed that they they were dead. Um, yeah, I get that, but like, I had a friend whose grandpa was doing meth just to go to sleep, uh, which is weird because meth like fucking keeps you up. Unless you have attention deficit issues, then it yeah. can make you sleepy. Or no, wait, I got that backwards. I'm dyslexic. Sorry. <laughs> he hasn't saw or no, he he has narcolepsy. Wow. And so that would keep him going because he has like a sinus issue and he couldn't do coke. Wow. And so he started doing meth. Yeah. Well. So he like only did like a little bit enough to like keep him going. Right. And I'm like, well, how long till you start freebasing? Right. Exactly. Well, but here's the other thing is that methamphetamines were designed during World War One and World War Two for fighter mm-hmm. pilots. And so we gave these B-17 bomber they were going on, you know, 14-hour missions, and they had to be alert, and they had to be fucking on it. And the Germans, too, they were all, they were using uh, methamphetamines for their for their fighter pilots to have them be awake longer and be more vigilant. And so we've used some of these drugs, like, pharmaceutically, and when does it, it's the same thing with, like, Opiates. We had the right intentions of keeping stuff okay, and then it got out of hand. All right. Well, and it's the same thing with Ritalin. Like, um, met- Adderall and Ritalin are both met- yeah. methamphetamines, but they're made for children. So, what if somebody's been taking Ritalin for thirty years? We, we don't call them a meth addict, but technically, they've been on methamphetamine every day for thirty years. So it's like yeah, o- oxycontin's just synthetic heroin, right? And so. When people take opiates, quote unquote, safely because their doctor, like, let's say you get knee surgery and you need to take yeah. Vicodin for two weeks, but then someone mm-hmm. starts abusing it and then they take too much or they give them too many drugs. And I mean, th- that can build over time and then they can even have phantom pains. Like they're not even in pain anymore, but they think they're in pain. And so they have to take 
opiates or whatever. And it's yeah. a crazy psychological addiction. And then who do we blame? Do we blame the doctor? No. Do we, do we blame the person? Do we do we blame the initial injury? Like, so, I, I don't know. Dr- drug addiction is, is a hard, moral, slippery slope for me because people are the ones taking the drugs. It's yeah. like, drugs aren't bad. Drugs can be good. But... Drugs can also be really bad. <laughs> and then so it's so it's sort of up to the the person who's doing the drugs to sort of figure it out. And then what if they just haven't had the education to be able to know like don't stick your nose in the bag of meth. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Well it's, it's kinda like with um you can abuse alcohol too. That's true. So, you know, and it's, it's like blaming the available. fork for making you fat. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, fair enough. See, you bring up an excellent, like, thing, too, is that, and and I, I get a lot of flack for this because I'm, I'm kind of, I try not to be sizist, but I am a little bit sizist in that I've never understood how fat people get so fat because it's like, didn't you look in the mirror? You didn't see it. You didn't. You didn't see this happening. You didn't. You didn't feel the shortness of breath from when you were walking or not walking. You don't just one day wake up and you're six hundred fucking pounds. Right. Even the- even two hundred and fifty. Like. Yeah. It, you don't. It's. It's a gra- and it isn't so gradual that you don't notice. But is, is that the same thing with drug addiction? Is it the same with any addiction? Is it like, wow, there's a food addiction? I mean, if you're getting fat there. over time, you notice. Because when I was in high school, we moved up to Concrete, Washington. It was in the middle of bum fucking nowhere. Yeah. And I'm this little ghetto kid in the middle of some country podunk town that's no bigger than a fucking thumbtack. Yeah. Like, nobody knew where this place was. And I was like, where's Concrete? What? Yeah, I don't know either. Concrete, Washington. Wow. Yeah. And um, I almost weighed like 300, 400 pounds when I was living up there. When you were, and you on your 5'7 frame? Yeah. How did you do when that? When I was in high school. I don't, um. The, it was the after your surgery. Had me on. It was. Yeah, the steroids they had me on make you fat. So you, this is post-surgery. No, this is after my surgery. This is, yeah. So after your surgery. You, oh, I you were home, <laughs> you were sort of in and out of rehab, I would assume, like physical therapy and all kinds of stuff, yeah. but you gained, you gained like a whole nother person. Yeah. Wow. And what sucks about that is when I was in eighth grade, I went to go try out for the wrestling team oh. and he's like, how much do you, I was like 110. He goes, okay, you'll be in our lower weight class. I'm like, okay, cool. That shouldn't be easy. These kids are wimps. You you fucking fart and they fly across the room. So I hop up on the scale and he goes to 110 and the thing tips. Yeah. And so he goes down, down, down. And he's like, son, we don't have a weight class. You can't be on our team. I was like, yeah, 110 lower weight. He goes, no, you weigh 84 pounds. Wow. So you went from one crazy extreme to the other because of this brain tumor. Well, the prednisone is a steroid and it was to keep my brain from... Because I have no lining over my brain, which if I get a headache now, it's like it could be lethal. Whoa. Yeah, now I just now I just enjoy my seizures. Wow. Enjoy your stre- seizures? I have stress-induced seizures, and they come from high-pitched noises. Oh, my God. Like, which could be like electricity buzzing? Oh, no, that doesn't bother me at all. Oh, okay. High-pitched noises like tea kettles. Dog whistles. Dog whistles. No. <gasps> 
Yeah, ultrasonic sounds. Oh my gosh, ultrasonic sounds. So you can't get your teeth cleaned with that ultrasonic machine at the dentist office. Oh, that doesn't bother me either, which is weird. Because that's inside your head. But I know. But if you get if you get headaches, they can trigger seizures, and then what are your seizures like? You. You just like just I like just you shake said, violently. You just shake violently. You fall to the ground. Luckily, or? my fiance. Luckily, Sheridan's really cool, and yeah. her sister have them, so she knew exactly what to do when I had one. She didn't freak out. Wow. The thing is, but like it, it's getting to the point where I love going places. Like I've never been a person to stay inside because I'm scared. Because right. I don't get scared about. It. I'm not afraid of anything. I mean, shit, you beat cancer. You know. Yeah, you have brain cancer. You're, you, you're fine. Yeah, you can not scared of anything. Yeah, but you know, now when I'm when I will step outside of my house, I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna set one off? Right, right. Well, and it's so scary. But I I have a friend who occasionally has seizures, and he works at the radio station here with me, and he's had one here. And the problem is that once he's having a seizure, it said he hits his head somewhere on the way down from whatever's happening. So like, if he can stay in the chair. That's fine, but if he's kind of flopping around and he flops out of the chair, then he can hit his head on a multitude of different things, and that's where the <clears throat> that's where the fear comes from. Is mm-hmm. how am I going to damage my noggin? And especially if your noggin's already compromised, like with yeah. a divot in it. I mean, would you consider wearing a helmet? I've actually looked into it, and it doesn't help. It doesn't. It actually help. triggers more serious ones. Right. Because it might be doing something with pressure and something yeah. else could be happening. Oh, man. But you're still such a, a trooper. And I have a seizure dog, and she's not trained to go with me anywhere, but she knows exactly what to do without training. Oh, wow. That's great. Piper literally crawls right up under my head when I'm on the ground Aww. and stays there. Yeah, so that you won't move around too much. You won't bite your tongue. You won't. Yeah. Oh. It sounds like, like I was of... like, okay, well, I'm just going to train her to do this stuff and make sure she guards me when I'm down and nobody but paramedics and police officers and, you know, people she knows can get around me. Sure. And she does that without training, but, you know, she's not licensed because that costs more money than I have. Right, right. You staying, you sound so positive for like what's sort of the hand you've been dealt, like with the, yeah. with the It, it kinda... bumped everybody out at Children's too. Because <laughs> like when I was in there, you know, I was in the... You're going to die ward, as I called it, because everybody there was like in major car wrecks or house fires or something, and they're all gloomy, and I'm me. just. Yeah, you seem like a really upbeat dude for having... My grandma raised me not to, you know, life gives you lemons, you know, you throw at people. (laughs) That's so punk rock. Life gives you lemons, and you throw them at cars. (laughs) You throw them at people. Uh, that's and I understand you can't probably can't skateboard much anymore because of your the balance and then also you can't hit your head and it doesn't stop me from trying though I just right just got to be really careful yeah well oh man Ryan uh, other any other moralistic gems or Jesus stories or supernatural stories you want to want to leave with us here on some call me Tim yeah sure why not I'll give you another one yeah when I was in my junior in high school. I thought I had a sty in my eye. It turned out to be shingles. Almost died from that, too. Oh, my God. This was back in 04. Nobody knew what fucking shingles were. Sure. They're they're part of the herpes family. Yeah. Yeah. So I had herpes in my eye. Wow. Oh, that's terrible. And you were at school, and everybody was like, and it looks kind of leprositic. 
Oh, I had my sunglasses on because oh. I was so hyper photosensitive oh. that, you know, I couldn't stand it. But everybody's like, well, what's up with your face? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I live in concrete. That's what happened on my face. Exactly. Concrete. So did Jesus heal your shingles? Yeah, because I don't know if it was from the morphine button, but, you know, we have this big thing down here called the waffle, which is like this big state test that everybody hates. Oh. So all my friends were taking that, and I've seen how many times I can click my morphine button before the alarm went off. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Did you ever up? Did you ever pass your wassail? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Of course you did. You're a smart guy. Doing stand-up comedy. What's the um? What's the dream here? What's the? If you do, you want like? Are, are you like? I want a Netflix special. I think that you know, like I see myself. That'd be dope. Like, do you, you know, people hear my story. Like I had a friend who was a, a die-hard atheist, and now he's a giant Bible thumper. Wow. Yeah, because well, Jesus came to you. It's a. It's a it's a moving story, and that that you were dead seven times, and that you saw the afterlife. That's cool. And once you've been there, you can tell people like, "Hey, I've been there. It's real." I mean, that's 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 awesome. That's like, I mean, that's such a it's an inspiration for hope, you know that, and that so many crazy things have happened to you, and you're still maintaining this positivity. That's like. For me, that's like a shining, lighting beacon because I'm a negative fucker. I'm like, fuck everybody. <laughs> and every I've been so negative lately. And now I'm like, well, you know what? Shut up, you little bitch. You've never had brain cancer or shingles, right? Like, or, or, or a two-year-old baby, which is like the biggest adventure and the coolest thing, you know? I, yeah. So well, my first thought was, well, okay, here's another chick trying to dupe me, but this one had solid evidence. <laughs> she brought the solid evidence because you're like, hey, shooting blanks, can't do it. But yeah, her it's mom another was like, miracle. So what's this crap about you saying you were sterile? I was like, in my defense, I didn't know I could do that. Right, exactly. And then if, you know, if, if God intervened there and wanted you to have a kid, then by all means, you should definitely be the coolest dad you can be. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I put on. Um, we were walking through the mall the other day, and my phone went off, and it was Metallica. Um, God, what was it? Um, For whom the bell tolls? Right. And she starts thrashing her head around. For whom the bell tolls? I'm like, I am raising you right. Absolutely. Well, and that you're spending time with your daughter. That's great. That's oh, huge. Yeah. That's like. That's just. It's awesome to have people that still care about being dads. That's like um, a moralistic a thing that I consider like a big moral issue with the United States since I don't know maybe the 60s that that there's that suddenly men who shoot the jizz in the lady don't and if she gets pregnant that they're that she has to deal with everything and that they're absolved of all responsibility that's like I'm like when did this part of the patriarchy come about (laughs) because you'd think that the Mm -hmm. patriarchy would be like taking care of one's own and so that that's sort of that we've kept women under the thumb of the patriarchy yet without the I'm going to take care of you and the baby when we have that happen together instead of disappearing. That's for me. I'm like, come on, stand up, America. What happened to this grand morality that we used to speak of? Well, the way I, I see know. it is my mom told my biological father basically, hey, you know what? I'm pregnant. He's like, oh, shit, responsibility. You got to go. Oh, well. 
he's really I, I really think at least financially if if it's it's a 50-50 thing and i just wish oh, he that was making would... bank he owned a, he owns a um car shop in new york oh he's not hurting yeah i mean that's why it's just like to just disappear and absolve yourself of any financial responsibility or emotional responsibility is just that makes me sort of angry and i wish that we could fix it and i hope that mm-hmm. i hope that you are fixing it right now actually and the work and the awesomeness you're doing by having a child and being a cool dad like I oh yeah that... bring her to open mic night with me all the time she has one joke oh that's great what's her joke i tell a case and anthony joke but my mom would kill me <laughs> that's funny i move her little mouth and she always gets a laugh. She's yeah, adorable. Yeah, absolutely. I've performed with children on stage, and I've been babysitting. And um, the the one that got the biggest laugh years ago was uh, my little buddy, Sabine. She was very little, and she took the microphone, and she said, My nanny, Pammy, sits on the toilet and poops and farts. And everybody <laughs> just starts laughing. She was like four. And I was just, and she would like looked at me, and she was like, they're laughing. That's good. I'm like, yes, that's very good. That's very good. You did a great job. They're laughing at you. It's perfect. And um, anyway, yeah, I run a nonprofit at Children's Hospital right now due to the fact that, you know, when I was there, I watched my mom suffer so much oh. trying to deal with everything and, and so- having nobody to talk to. And there was nobody for me to talk to about what was going on. So now, you know, I have kids call me whenever, like one o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter, you know, if they have an issue. Wow. So kids that are in hospitals, like how you were when you were 15, if it's the yeah. middle of the night and they're like, I need someone to talk to, that someone is All you. Oh, Ryan. Wow. And they do. And I just lost one little one recently to brain oh. cancer. Oh, my God. He was seven. Oh, my God. That's awful. His name was Kevick. Oh, my God. And Oh, that's so hot. Oh, so, a seven-year-old yeah. with brain. So, but you can at least talk to them and be like, dude, I've been there. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's talk to Jesus. Let's get him to come <laughs> and get you. Well, oh. I had so many prayer groups going for me. I'm thinking he just looked at, you know, Jesus was like, all right, fine, I'll save the little fucker. Fine. Just quit trying to get me to. That's so funny. I'm sick of all your prayer groups. Alone. All right, I'll deal with Ryan Cordell right now. Okay, he's alive. He's fine. <laughs> there you fucking happy. Now go away. No, go stop it. Go pray about I something else. To deal with. Yeah, exactly. I've got all of Bangladesh. Give me a break. Uh, well, this has been a really exciting and fun. Some call me Tim. Thank you so much for calling in, Ryan. Hey, Cordell, you're an inspiration. Thanks for having me. If you ever come down uh, to San Francisco, I'd love to have you on our Friday showcase. Uh, it's called oh, Pam- that'd be dope. yeah. It's called Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Fridays at eight oh, o'clock. Yeah. But we also run four open mics a week at the station. So if you ever come down to San Francisco or even apply to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, this year is going to be our fifth year, and uh, we run four open mics a week here but during the festival it's like last year it was 43 shows in five days so this year i'm going to try to do like 55 shows in seven days or something ridiculous and um well my uncle jim might have to clear out the old bedroom of his house uncle jim i'm gonna have to go come say hi absolutely so the festival is the first through the seventh this year of march 2020 and the applications will go out 
uh, at the end of the beginning of end or end of September. Uh, and you should definitely apply. I'm actually applying to a bunch of ones in Oregon right now. I'm going to be applying to the, the Oregon Comedy Festival and the um, Ha Ha Harvest Festival that's in Portland. So I'm going to be heading oh, back up there. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, the Ha Ha Harvest Festival is a really good one. You should, right now, um, it's only $10 to apply, and you should look it up. It's in Portland. It's right over Thanksgiving holiday. So, and they're really, Portland's a great place to do comedy. I, I really love those. I was born guys. in Portland, Oregon. So you probably even have places to stay down there. But definitely, oh, yeah. whenever you come down to San Francisco, especially if you do it um, during the first or fifth, we have four open mics a week. You're always, always, you'll always have a home here at Mutiny Radio. And thank you so much for doing the Some Call thank Me you, Tim ma'am. podcast and talking about your very, very unique religious experiences with Jesus Christ. That was exciting. So thank you. I'm glad you're alive and I'm glad you're being a great dad. And I oh, wish you luck well, with the, with everything going on. Oh, I will. And you have a great day. You too. Everybody look up Ryan Cordell on the Facebooks and all of those things. And we'll be back here. My YouTube channel is actually Ryan Canfield. Ryan Canfield. YouTube channel. Look him up. Perfect. All right. We'll be back later with some Call Me Tim. Bye. You or something. The meth. I'm on meth and I need a nicer relaxing golf movie. Cal National Lampoon.
doing Cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you used to I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me to look out the Highly sad. 
channels that were once canals To lift the heart of my morale To know that we are pals Yes, old Vanity Fair With a capital B You take it from me Oh Charlie, good show With a capital O It's tripping to go Hello
to let me know Should I stay or should I go If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always taste, taste, taste You're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go there will be trouble And if I stay it will be double So come on and let me know This indecision's bugging me Indecision they molest us If you don't want me set me free Exactly whom I'm supposed to be Don't you know which clothes even fit me Come on and let me know Should I cool it or should I blow Sundowner, but uh, quite a healthy imbiber of 
of alcoholic liquor, and I stuck that too. So now I don't either smoke or drink. Do you think young people today who uh, tend to experiment with drugs will outgrow that, but also the habit of ingesting foreign substances into the body? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't understand this marijuana thing because it is befuddled uh, and complicated by this fiendish and silly law that we pass. Maybe marijuana is somewhat harmful. I cannot believe it's anything like as harmful as alcohol, and I can't believe it's anything like as as harmful to health as cigarettes. But kicking cigarettes and kicking liquor are two different are two different psychological problems, and the whole human race and the whole animal kingdom, kingdom is born with a natural love for alcohol. Let's face it, the man who, who uh, likes alcohol too much is not sick and he's not abnormal. He just, he likes it a little better than is good for him to like. All of us like it.
Black Black Blasting is the show you're listening to on MutantRadio.fm. All these records are from a thrift store. All the 70s are 25 cents. So go out and buy some records. Go to the swap meet. Go to the thrift store. And spend the extra money that you would spend on new product and send it here to Mutiny Radio. There's a donate button on the website. And I enjoy that summer with us with uh, San Francisco, sunny Mission Districts. Summer summer coming to you.
Okay, well, it'll happen because most of you people too goddamn comfortable to see it. You kids don't understand. This country buys out the subversives. It turns the rebels into fashion trends. It did it with the angels. It's doing it with rap. And the corporations package it up and sell it online. $100 a t-shirt for suburban little princesses just like you. I know all about why the rich girls leave their pretty things behind. When a mosquito bites you, it leaves an inside. That other mosquitoes can smell and I can smell it on you, kid. Everyone can. So you can run. Thank you.
Across 